everybody i am sean graham scott socially distancing as always hello scott as always hello sean i'm uh uh happy to be here today <laughs> that's good uh always a pleasure to talk to you there scotty even though we haven't uh, seen each other in a few months yeah i uh i was out yesterday and i parked my car near your house and i yeah. thought oh maybe i should uh see if Sean's home and, you know, wave to him from his front door. <laughs> but, uh, no, I had important work to do. Yep. Yeah. I went into the office yesterday. It's been eight weeks and I really needed a change of scenery. Yeah. Totally fair. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I was able to get some things done and, and, uh, get some documents and stuff. So overall good day and, uh, my batteries are recharged. That's good. Certainly we all need that uh, with everything going on. And weather's starting to turn here a little bit in the nation's capital. Beautiful day here on a Wednesday as uh, the sun is out. Uh, I live near the Rideau Canal. They've shut down the road that runs alongside the Rideau Canal for uh, a couple kilometer stretch. Really a lot of folks out and about soaking in that sunshine today as we get ready for the May long weekend. Right. It's a long weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when do you go camping with uh, Aaron or go to his cabin? No, Aaron goes camping on the long weekend. Uh, uh, buddy Aaron boys, he goes camping uh, with uh, some friends of his. They go down just across the, the border there in New York State and uh, do a weekend camping on long weekend all the time. Obviously not so much this year. So he's actually planning to do uh, a tent in the backyard and do some home camping. He lives out in the country with his daughter and his wife. Wow. Right on. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. I, uh, I'm asking because I, I read all of your, uh, your brackets. Oh yeah. Uh, up till now I got a couple bones to pick, sure. but, uh, uh, no big deal. But today is the bracket of brackets, the bracket of brackets. Yeah. So after seven years and 10 brackets, what we do is we look at a year from 100 years ago and, and review the most important events from that year. As professional historians, we like to take the historic perspective we have. And today, as we drop this Wednesday, May 14th, I think, is the day. And we did a winners at war bracket where we took the 10 winners from the 1910s that we've done and put them all against each other to determine the most important event of the 1910s so we don't know if this is the end of that series but it was kind of fun to put them all against each other revisit some of these things that we haven't talked about in seven years and mm -hmm. uh, you know throw them all together so it was a lot of fun today yeah uh i'm just gonna hope uh binder clips don't come up anymore well we ranked oh. that we so we did rank them all from one to ten and okay. i will say that binder clip did get the number 10 uh, ranking 
Very good. Yeah. So, Very if, good. so if anyone's curious about that, you can head on over to activehistory.ca. Uh, check that out. It's the year in review, 100 years later, winners at war edition. And for anybody who's accusing us of using the survivor finale tonight to hopefully get some extra SEO clicks, my answer to you is you're correct. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I used to tag our, our podcast episodes with Game of Thrones. So yeah, you know. why not? <laughs> why not just just in case <laughs> yeah uh so today we have a fun show for you we are going to look back scott at one of my favorite shows i i would argue and and certainly this is going to be because of how old i am that this is the greatest canadian television series of all time and we're going to look at a specific episode of corner gas scott yeah, Sean, Corner Gas is one of those things that when I tell my friends I like it, they're always confused. <laughs> but to Why? me, it's it's so funny. It's so like, good. There's so many jokes. I, watching the episode today that we're going to talk about, I laughed out loud alone in my apartment at least four or five times. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful show. So anybody who doesn't know, uh, any of our, our American friends or, or European friends or wherever you're listening from, if you're unfamiliar with the show, it is set in Dog River, Saskatchewan, which is a fictional town, but it was shot on location in Rolo, Saskatchewan, which is close-ish to Regina, so it's in the southern part of the province. The town was selected, Scott, I don't know if you know this, because it was small enough that, uh, you know, so it wasn't a huge, it's not a huge place. It has, though, the railway right there. It had uh, a sufficient spot to build the sets. And most crucially, it still had a grain elevator. That was one of the key factors in selecting the town where they were going to shoot. It had to have a grain elevator. Yes, Sean, I, I did know that. And it is a beautiful grain elevator. And I think you can correct me if i'm wrong that it's still there and it still says dog river on it last time i looked it up yeah that was still true yeah so uh so you know obviously given the name dog river for the show mm -hmm. but uh so there's so many episodes there's six seasons sean it's available in canada on crave tv yep so if anybody we're going to talk about uh, the, the curling episode Surprise, surprise. Shocker. Uh, uh, so if anybody wants to go away, watch the episode, come back, that's fine. But I think what we're going to we're going to try and describe it so that if you you can't see it, it'll be uh, it'll be fine. Yeah, we're going to go through blow by blow. Talk about what happened uh, in this episode. One of one hundred and seven episodes in the series history. It, uh, then they did a feature film in 2014 and they have started doing Corner Gas animated as mm -hmm. well. Uh, in the past couple of years, it was a little cheaper to do. So, but the the essence and the spirit of the show is still there. Basic premise of the show: eight key characters. You have Oscar and Emma, and they are a married couple. Oscar is retired, used to work at the gas station. Brent, his son, now owns the gas station and and runs it. Wanda is the employee of the gas station, who is kind of a smart alecky character, sort of the the acid tongue, if you will, of the show. You have Lacey, who is the outsider. She's from Toronto, who has come in and runs the coffee shop, which was her Aunt Ruby's, and now it's called the Ruby. 
Hank, who is kind of like the Kramer of the the series, doesn't really seem to have a job, but is always around and never seems to have financial difficulties. He's sort of there. And then Karen and Davis are the two police officers for Dog River. They represent the entirety of the Dog River Police Department. So those are your eight key characters in the show. Yeah, it's uh, it's rare for a sitcom to have eight full characters, right? We see yeah. six all the time. Uh, obviously, Friends, uh, we see it in well, Seinfeld has four. Yeah. But having like building it out to eight characters uh, gives them flexibility to team up uh, different people with each other throughout and uh, I think leads to some good chemistry uh, throughout the show. Yeah, essentially, you don't have eight storylines. Usually, you'll have three or four storylines. I would say often four, and the characters are coupled up in some format. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously, Emma and Oscar do a lot together. Brent and Wanda have a lot of overlapping things. Karen and Davis, just because of sort of the nature of where they work and their relationships. But yeah, you, you will see sort of cross discussion across the groups. But yeah, they do tend to be coupled in the storylines of the show. And yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, so I was just going to set up this episode. Yeah, go for it. So the episode starts, we have a cold open, which is the, the scene that comes before the credits. Uh, we open on Brent and Hank sitting in the diner, uh, yelling hurry hard for some reason. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're they tell Lacey they're practicing for curling season. So, uh, the first question I have for you, Sean, is have you ever practiced your yelling for curling I've season? Never, no, I've never practiced my yelling for curling season. But what we know about Brent, you know, he's a, you know, not the not the biggest gym rat in the world. This is probably the most work he's ever done. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. So, uh, yeah, they, they tell Lacey they're getting ready for curling season. Yeah. And uh, curling season in Dog River seems to be one bond spiel that happens yeah at a giant club yeah so so a little bit about uh, some of the production stuff this episode aired in january it was january 17th of 2005 okay uh but all the filming for corner gas famously is done in the summer yep uh they had one episode set at christmas time but the rest of them are all summertime shows so it's sort of weird because you see exterior shots of the curling rink and it's sunny and there's grass and the trees are all <laughs> nice yeah. and green. Yeah, uh, they, they didn't they didn't think, well, let's do tight shots when we're outside. They're like, nah, the hell with it. Uh, it's the middle of the summer. We're putting the camera here and you're seeing the background, damn it. Yeah, I'm looking at a photo on cornergas.com's walking tour. Yeah. Uh, so they show the curling rink and Davis and Karen are outside and yeah, you've got the green trees sort of behind his car and lots of green grass. Yeah. So, uh, not, not exactly curling weather, but no. you know, it's time. The big bond spiel's coming up. Uh, Brent has always played with his parents. Yep. And this year Brent says, you know, I think I'd like to be the skip this will, year. Oh yeah. Hold on. Before we get to that. There's, oh boy. there's two Easter eggs in the diner scene that I want to know if you noticed either of these. But I, I, I thought both of these were hilarious. The first is the special on the board. No, I didn't see this. The special, Scott, is a club sandwich with French fries. 
have you ever gone into a diner and they haven't had a club sandwich on the menu? Uh, I guess I can't say I've really thought about it. Like, I was floored by this. I had to rewind it to make sure I was actually seeing that the special in a diner was a club sandwich. This was insane to me. Well, maybe that's they just mean like, oh, that's the special deal today. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I thought that was strange. The other thing that I thought was really funny, this is a great acting choice. Uh, Hank is the one who's ordered a coffee. Yes. And he grabs the sugar. It's like a diner sugar dispenser thing, one of the glass ones. And he just holds it upside down over his coffee for the rest of the scene. <laughs> it's at least a minute. And he just holds it. It's brilliant. <laughs> Uh, there's, there's a continuity error in this, uh, noted on IMDB. Uh Oh, what's that? That he starts pouring sugar into his coffee. The sugar runs out. And in the next scene, the sugar is refilled again as he continues to pour. So it seems Ooh. like maybe he ran out of sugar and then the camera cut away. <laughs> yeah, Cause then... he was just holding it over, the, <laughs> over the cup of coffee. That's very good. That's very Hank. Yeah, very good. Very good acting choice. So, yeah, so that's the cold open. Then we go to the theme song. And then, yes, now we're in the gas station that Brent owns, Scott. Yeah, and Brent is uh, telling his dad, you know, Dad, you know, you're pretty old. You've been skipping for a long time. Uh, I kind of think that I should skip this year. And, and Oscar says no uh, and asks, uh why would you want to skip? And Brent says, oh, I've got some new ideas, you know. Maybe we'd be able to win some games. Yeah, I got some strategy. Yeah, new strategies he wants to try out. Uh, at which point uh, they ask Wanda, hey, Wanda, like, what's our record? Do you remember what their record as a team was? Yes, the record as a team was 287-1. and one. The two wins were by default, and their tie was against a grade three class. Yeah, a grade three class. So <laughs> it's brilliant. So I have some questions about the this record. Uh, this is obviously over an extended period of time. Yeah. But is this just for the Bonspiel, where they play once a year? It's entirely possible that. Okay. You know, you've been playing in a bond spiel three games, maybe four games. Although that four doesn't go into ninety, does it? No, it's got to be three, right? Because so they've been lose... doing this for thirty years. Yeah, as a team, I guess so. But why would they have played a th grade three class? And how do you get a default in a bond spiel? <laughs> All good questions. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's not uh, certainly not an ideal record. Not ideal. Although we uh, know that Oscar's cheap, so maybe his strategy is actually to lose games so he doesn't have to buy drinks. Although, as I say that, from my time living in Regina, that's not a thing there. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. They, uh, a colleague of mine actually sent me a video this week, Sean, about uh, it's a spoof from 22 Minutes of the Canada his Heritage Moments. Uh -huh. And it's the first time that a guy figured out if you lost, you got free beer <laughs> in curling. <laughs> that yeah. should be a heritage minute. <laughs> <laughs> it shows the guy like, hmm. And it's, oh, if you just make this one shot, you win. And he throws it like to the, to the side. <laughs> oh, man. The other thing, Scott, we learned in this is that Emma still uses a corn broom and sweeps with a corn broom. 
Yeah, and uh, she says it's because she likes the thwacka thwacka sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. And w- w- that's a little strange if she likes the sound. The synthetic one of the same shape makes mm-hmm. a better noise. It does, yes. So a slight continuity issue there. Well, you know, uh, as we'll see, I'm not sure uh, they're uh, expert curlers. No. They are not. Um, so then we head over to the police station where Davis is getting out the cherished clavet cup, which the, is, did I say that right? The clavet cup. Clavet cup, excuse me, uh, with Karen. They're, of course, partners at the police station. And he, Davis tells the story of Archley Clavet. Archie Clavet, clavet yeah. And he says that Archie was such a good curler that he could draw a cup of coffee to the button without spilling a drop. And one, what? Two, how is that a skill? Well, you know, uh, it's just you've got the delicate touch. I mean, okay, but physics is still a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> physics is still a thing. Uh, but, you know, that's the exaggerate when you're telling good stories, right? right. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, so Davis pulls out this trophy. Karen says you can get two of those for 10 bucks in the city. Yeah, and uh, he says no, no, and he's got his white gloves on to handle it. <laughs> uh, it's very much uh, a play on the Stanley Cup uh, keepers, you know? Yeah, 100%. Those guys, their job is to guard the cup, and they've got the white gloves. So uh, he's taking it very, very seriously uh, until he gets a phone call. Yes. Well, actually, this is a different scene. You're going okay. all over the place, Scott. I know. I didn't write scene by scene. Okay, yeah. Wrote... Sorry. Yeah, I got Oops. scene by scene. You know why you probably didn't go scene by scene? Do you want to guess how many scenes there are in this 22-minute show? There's a lot. There's probably like 15, There's 18? There's 29 scenes in a 22-minute show. Wow. Uh, now, Seinfeld was the sort of the first one to start doing these multiple scenes, right? Yeah. Just uh, jumping all over the place, yeah. Because it, it used to be a, a three-camera sitcom. You'd have, you know, maybe two scenes before a commercial break. But uh, they started fast-cutting. Yeah, so that's what, and that's what the show's great at. It's just in and out, constantly going and churning, which is also why yes. it's so expensive to produce, is that they're doing so many scenes. So Karen is disinterested. Then we jump back to the gas station where Brent uses a weird Jerry Maguire reference to get Wanda on his team. So now it's Wanda and Brent against his parents, Oscar and Emma. That's right. And so now they need to fill out the rest of their team rosters. Yes. So uh, and this is setting up the central conflict of the episode. Yes. So we jump from the gas station over to the diner. This is a brilliant scene. I think Scott, I didn't, I also, I didn't count a couple cutaways in my scenes. Right. Uh, just the actual scene proper. Brent is talking to Hank, trying to get him onto the team. Hank, we find out, Scott, is responsible for the ice at the curling club. There's a beautiful cutaway of Hank putting on goggles, and he's got the, it's almost like a sword, and we find out that he's just getting ready to pebble the ice. Yes, yes, the way he, he pumps to get the pressure up in the pebble head. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's, it's a thing of beauty, and... Then he starts pebbling, and his pebbling form, I would say, uh, Shorty, Shorty Jenkins didn't tell him that. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of he's walking to, to like the sideboards. 
and he's kind of like on his tiptoes sort of dancing backwards <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah it, it's great so uh, hank says i don't think i can play with you because i take care of the ice people might accuse me of pebbling the ice in your favor brent says no one would ever do that cue oscar to say he can't be on your team he'll pebble the ice in your favor now scott you've pebbled ice before sure have is it possible if you know the teams and their strengths to pebble ice in favor of a particular team uh i think i think if you've got a team that is maybe maybe doesn't throw very hard you know if you lay down a real heavy pebble yeah you might uh, it might make them disadvantaged, but I think that the real knowledge of the pebbling pattern that's important is sort of the beginning of the day pebble. Okay. Uh, it, you know, between draws when you're pebbling on pebble, I don't think it really matters. All right. So this this concern isn't really founded in anything. It, it's not founded in anything, but uh, I I don't I'm not surprised that Oscar is concerned about it. Right. Right. So Hank takes offense that Oscar thinks he would cheat. He's going to join Brent's team. So now we have, uh, we have Brent with Wanda now with Hank. Now we go back, cut back to the police station, Scott and Davis gets a phone call. Davis gets a phone call. He, he is super jacked up about guarding the Clavette cup, but all of a sudden he gets a phone call and he says, Oh yeah. And then he's, he says to Karen, oh, Karen, I was wrong to make fun of you to say that you couldn't guard the Clavet Cup. I really think you can, and I'd like you to do it. And she says, well, what do you mean? And, he, you know, it's revealed that he's going to play on Oscar and Emma's team. Yeah, now, it, it's sort for, of queued up for that. And But one thing I, I thought was curious, he says to Karen, you can guard the Cup. Bring it to the arena on Saturday, Saturday. at noon. And yes. this is a bond spiel. Now, Scott, you've played in a lot of spiels. I've played in some spiels. Has there ever been a bond spiel in which the trophy was awarded either at or after the noon game on Saturday? Uh, no. It, like it but... makes it makes no sense. And also later in the show, Emma says we only need them for one day. Like so, wait, this is a one day bond spiel that is ending around noon. What? <laughs> It seems to me like it's definitely a one-day bond spiel. Uh, he brought, he said, uh, bring it at noon. That gave her time to, as we'll find out later, for her to lose it and then get it back. So you don't think so, you don't think that's happening first thing in the morning? No. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but so the timeline's all messed up. Yeah, a little bit. But but maybe like bring it to the rink, then the, the players can see it and and they say, oh, that's my goal. Yeah, but you don't I want really... it on display because everyone's going to be pawing at it as Davis has established. They want their picture with it. They want to touch it. You don't want this thing just out and about during the whole event. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But uh, uh, Davis also says, boy, I've I've always wanted to play in that in the bond spiel for the Clavette Cup. And has apparently never been able to do it before. And is now able to, by virtue of a team who has never won a game, yeah. uh, asking him to play on their team. Yeah. It seems it seems to me like it probably wouldn't be that hard an event to enter. No, it seems like everybody in town can enter it. <laughs> but maybe he just never had a team to play with. Right. 
Because, well, I mean, his only friends really already are on teams. Yeah, and, okay. And Karen doesn't seem to play. Karen doesn't seem to play, no. She, so. Yeah, I, it seems like like Karen doesn't seem to care about curling. No. And uh, as we'll find out, Lacey doesn't seem to care about curling either. Right, right. Uh, any any problem with that? Any problem with like the, the outsiders that come to the community? No, totally makes sense. Yeah, the two people okay. who aren't from here don't really care about what's going on, think it's kind of weird. Totally makes <laughs> sense. Totally fits within the canon of the show. Okay. Yeah, so Davis gets the call. We jump over to Emma and Oscar's house. Davis is there. Now they have a team of three, and we... It's or now it's said explicitly that this is a mixed monspiel. It's not open. Yes. Uh, it is mixed, so they need another woman to play on this team with Emma, Davis, and Oscar. So they decide to call Myrtle. Yeah, Myrtle is one of these characters in Corner Gas that uh, we see from time to time. Yes, uh, a townie. Yep. And uh, Myrtle. Myrtle's distinguishing characteristics are that she's very old yeah. and talks very slowly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, so Emma gets on the phone with Myrtle says that, you know, we hope you're on your feet soon. You know, we're thinking about you. Uh, clearly she can't play. Oscar says, so is she in? Uh, so she's in <laughs> just to reaffirm that he's an idiot. And we find out that Myrtle has just gotten a new hip. Oscar has a beautiful line that says that woman is constantly getting new hips uh, whenever there's a new model, she she needs to get it. Emma says that she thinks Myrtle is addicted to the painkillers, which is a joke that I'm maybe not fly today. And we see Myrtle high on painkillers in the hospital saying that she doesn't need to take a tent when they go to Saturn because there's a cave there. So here's, here's the direct quote. Yeah, go for I it. Found. And the moon farthest from Jupiter has a cave on it so there's no reason to bring a tent <laughs> yeah so myrtle's just hopped up out of her mind myrtle's let out of it yeah now sean what day of the week do you think this is where they're recruiting their teams i'm thinking that it's tuesday or wednesday okay okay this is my for guess this for the saturday bonds feel yeah that as it came up, as it was now immediate, Brent was like, I'm out. And, you know, because he, he's not the most proactive guy in the world, so he probably would have delayed it a little bit. He didn't want to talk about it straight away. Yeah. And now the bonds feels here. I got to have this conversation. And that prompts the breakup. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now we have a situation where both Leroy teams have three players and need a woman. So we go back to the gas station. Hank and Wanda and Brent are talking where can we find a woman uh, who can who isn't already on a team and doesn't have a new hip? And they do a nice fake out where Brent says, "Lacey, can you think of anybody?" <laughs> uh, and, we, and Lacey, we don't know, is there before this. She's reading the magazine, says, "No, can't think of anybody." Goes back to the diner, which is connected to the gas station, and Wanda and Brent realize, "Oh, we can ask Lacey." And the button on this short little scene is there's a customer in the gas station who is trying to buy some stuff and comes to the counter. Hank is standing there and says, just give me 10 bucks and they'll ring it up later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a great through line for the rest of the show, too. Uh, so then we cut to the diner and Oscar, Emma are there. 
and Wanda and Brent are there, and they're trying to convince Lacey to play on their team. Yes. Uh, they say, oh, like, she doesn't even have to be good. It can be literally anybody in town. Uh, so now there's competition, right? Uh, the only woman in town that we can think of uh, to play on our team. Yeah, there's a great moment here where Oscar says, will you play for our team? And then Wanda says to Brent, you got to up the ante. And he goes, will you play for our team, please? <laughs> That's how we're upping the ante. Which actually in Dog River world, saying please actually does seem like upping the ante. Yeah. Is that a word I... you hear a lot on the show? No, I thought it was great. Yeah, great line. And uh, then we see that Lacey starts to make some jokes. Uh, or no, excuse me, she doesn't make jokes. Um, this is the act break. So Wanda says, way to up the ante. And then boom, act break, first commercial. First commercial, yeah. So we come out of the commercial, and now Lacey starts making jokes where she says, I don't know anything about curling. Uh, all I know is that they're sweeping, and I do enough cleaning around here. And this is the start of Lacey making dumb curling jokes. Yes, the dumbest curling jokes. But they all want her to be on their team, so they all laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the other another joke she makes, they say, you know, it's just throwing rocks at houses. And she goes, throwing rocks at houses, is that legal? <laughs> oh, Scott, <laughs> how, yeah. is there a worse joke? about curling that is not used in this episode or did they max out on the terrible curling jokes the obvious awful curling joke i've got to say they they maxed out on the obvious ones yes yeah i you could maybe come up with something about between the sheets right somewhere but uh no that's that they've got the big ones yeah i think the only other one is is just go to any sort of rec bond spiel and see the the names, the punny names, names yeah. which I realize is a weird thing to criticize, given that our show's name is Game of Stones, uh, to criticize punny curling things. <laughs> but yeah, you see, you know, I swept with your wife a lot. Um, yeah. That that's a common one. I think that's probably the biggest one. Sheet show certainly uh, mm -hmm. is there. Yeah, throwing rocks at houses. I've seen sometimes like we throw rocks at houses. Yeah, it's it's. There's some standard ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and here, there's going to be more in the bonds field. But, yeah, they've they've run the gamut of the, the big ones. Yeah. So we uh, so Lacey is not committed to anybody. We hop over to the rink where they're practicing. And Oscar says, now that Brent's gone, Emma, I want you to play third. Emma says that she can't. She plays a power game. And mm -hmm. to play third, you need fine touch. And then we see Emma throw a rock. And Scott, my immediate thought when I saw Emma throw a rock is that she went to the Paul Gross School of Curling. <laughs> oh, she was much worse than Paul Gross. <laughs> no, but just on that last one where, like, how high? You remember at the end of you the movie? It really yeah, high. like that. Yeah. She, she's doing that. She's got a huge backswing and no slide. <laughs> yeah, she just she's like bowling. It is pretty much bowling, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, fair enough, right? Uh, older lady, maybe can't get uh, get down like she used to. It's the actress, uh, Janet Wright. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, she's working with the skills that she has. Yeah, so uh, so she's a, she's a chucker. Uh, so then we cut <laughs> to just outside the police station. Karen is walking down the street with the cup, 
and Hank wants to touch it. <laughs> he's so creepy and he's yeah. like can i just like just touch it a little bit can i <laughs> <laughs> and what i love about this scene too is that karen is saying no like get away from me and then hank offers her ten dollars <laughs> <laughs> the ten dollars that he just got right yeah 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 so that so we have that uh, as karen starts to get harassed over the cup head back to the rink and davis gives some advice to oscar that if you want emma to throw the rock in a, in a more uh, controlled manner. The key is to be nice to her and make her happy. Yes. Because when she gets angry, she throws harder. Yes. Yeah. So Davis figures this out. And what I like about it too, is that when he's like, you just got to compliment her. Oscar says, Oh, you've got a tricker. (laughs) (laughs) But the thought of giving a compliment to his wife never occurred to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a tricker, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Davis has come up with this strategy. Then we hop over to the diner real quick. Hank goes to Lacey and gives her $10 <laughs> uh, to pay off part of his tab. And uh, Hank says that now you're going to be on our team. I've given you this $10, and you're going to be on our team. And then he says, oh, do you have any great jokes? Brent says you have good jokes. And she makes a joke about like curling your hair or like the game curling. Now, obviously that's a bad joke, but what's weird, Scott, is that Brent didn't say this to Hank in front of Lacey. So why would Brent say to Hank that Lacey has good curling jokes? Well, Brent's a pretty sort of pretty sarcastic guy, right? Right. So maybe he said to Hank like, oh boy, when you ask her some of her curling jokes. <laughs> Ugh. You get a real kick out of those. Yeah. And then Hank Hank stands there not reacting at all. Yeah. And she's like, what? Don't you like jokes? No. Like, that wasn't a joke. That's not funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, very confused. But Lacey, this sort of cements that Lacey at least now is going to go to the rink. Uh, so we hop back to the rink and we see Oscar implementing the strategy of be nice to Emma and get her to throw the rock softer. And uh, one of the things that I like about this scene is that Emma is immediately suspicious, doesn't know Mm -hmm. why this is happening, and says, the last time you complimented me, Brent was born. (laughs) (laughs) Which is uh, a very good line. Very good. And Brent uh, is established as a man. uh, I don't know if he's established as being 40 yet in the series but uh at least around that yes yeah that age for sure uh, um we also see brent in this scene as he's there practicing and says to his dad i'll see you on the colored circles <laughs> this is his threat now I, I don't know scott is there a way to sort of th- threaten somebody threaten. like the same way you would in other sports like i'll see you here like is there a way to do that in curling yeah, uh, something like, uh, I'll let my rock sliding ability speak for me. Right. Like, uh, it, like the only thing I could think of is, is more terrible puns, which, again, I realized I, we, I did a show in which I created a bunch of ridiculous, stupid <laughs> puns. But you'd be like, you can't hack it with me or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I think I think it would be an accident if I said something like that you know 
Yeah, it's uh, not it's not a sport that lends itself to angry taunts. No, no, and uh, maybe that's why we still shake hands all the time. Well, will we though? Do we? Well, maybe not anymore. Yeah, no. So, uh, so then we hop back to the diner. Karen is going inside the diner, and we see that people really want to touch the cup. Uh, there's a recurring character, a woman who, who's in a lot of the episodes. She really wants to to touch the cup. She says no. And then we see Wes, who runs the liquor slash insurance store. Uh, <laughs> he wants to take photos of the cup, and Karen sort of puts him in an arm bar type thing and says, no, I have to do this. And Wes says, I just want photos. And you see in Karen's mind, she is very intrigued. He has touched on Karen's ego. Yes, yes. One of the traits of Karen's personality is that she likes to be the center of attention. Yes, 100%. So uh, so with that, we hop back to the rink. Lacey tells Brent that they will, or that she will join his parents' team with Oscar, Emma, and Davis. Says that it's all about loyalty. They asked first and that the parents would be loyal to her in the same situation, uh, which is a nice little tee up for a future joke. But what's really interesting to me in this scene, Scott, I don't know if you noticed it, but Brent and Hank are on the ice and it's really foggy behind them in this race. Yes. Yes. But so this, so go ahead. But it's the only scene where they're in the rink where it's this foggy. Yeah. Well, it, so the, the scenes inside the rink were filmed in Regina. Yeah. And I was going to ask you if you knew which club it was because you used to live there. Yes. It didn't appear to be, it didn't look like the club I played in. Okay. So, uh, because they filmed during the summer. Yeah. And so they had to use a, a shooting location in Regina where there was ice installed and in the summertime, you know, it can be super foggy. Yeah, but why just this scene? So like, maybe it was that scene was just filmed one on one day. And then everything else was from a different day? Yeah. Maybe. It just it just struck me as, as very strange. Also, I mean it's not the the most humid of places in Regina. So when I didn't see fog in some of the other scenes even on the glass or anything, I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's really dry there. You know, it's a dry heat, mm. Scott. I don't know if you've ever heard that about the prairies. And when I saw the fog, I was really taken aback. I was like, oh, my God. Like, was there just like a freak 20-minute rainstorm in the middle of the day when they were shooting this particular scene and then it all went away? Yeah, I mean, it might have been. Definitely possible. So uh, so we have that fog scene. Very strange. We go back to the diner. Uh, Karen is enjoying the photos of herself with the cup. And she says she makes a, a, a joke where she says duty calls. <laughs> um, <laughs> very strange. I felt I, I actually kind of felt that joke was out of place. It was a little out of place. Yeah, I, I've got her exchange here where she's looking at the photos and she goes, "Ooh, I look strong and authoritative. yet still soft and feminine. Don't you think? She says this to West. Yeah. And West just replies, my arm hurts. <laughs> After she put him in the arm bar, you know? Yeah. And yet he uh, still took all these photos of her. Yeah. And then they say, oh, uh, how about another photo with the cup? And oops, Cup's you gone. can't find the cup. It's gone. Yes. 
So a very uh, uncertain future for the cup as, as Karen is searching for it. And with that, we go back to the rink where Lacey tells Emma and Oscar that she will be on the team, talks about sweeping, and then says, oh, I might do some mopping and dusting as well. <laughs> we only need her for one day. Keep laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's go before ahead. we get, get yeah. on to the, the next part, Sean, there. So she does say, like, I'm going to join Team Leroy. Yeah. And they're like, which Team Leroy? So this sort of it, this is a bit of a joke on how curling rinks are just named after the last name of whoever the right. skip is, right? Yes. So they've got Team Leroy, and then Brent decides he's going to be Team Leroy, and Wanda suggested, uh, what about the next generation? And he goes, there might be a copyright issue with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a really so good the, joke. Yeah, trying to... Uh, decide you know we've seen in saskatchewan especially the last few years at the briar uh or at, at the tankard rather there's been you know fathers and sons and brothers all skipping different teams so uh you got to take a close look at who the first name is when you're trying to decide who's playing yes very very true yeah. a, it is a it is a nice little inside curling joke there mm -hmm. but then scott just like willis reed in the NBA Finals, Myrtle bursts through the door, and the crowd goes wild. It's Myrtle. <laughs> Myrtle's here. Myrtle's here. And, and like, seeming to have no ill effects from her, <laughs> her recent hip, hip replacement. She's fine. It's great. She's just strolling in. Like, doo -doo -doo. I wonder if she's still hopped up on the painkillers. Yeah, she can't feel it. She can't feel it, so might as well curl. <laughs> and with This that, is something I... I think we should show to all those curlers out there that are, uh, are playing with a stick. They think I can't do it. Yep. I can't. I can't get down anymore. Here's uh, some inspiration. Be for like those Myrtle. Of you looking to get back. Yep. Hashtag need, be like Myrtle. We need more Myrtle in our life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of Act Two. So we go to commercial. Uh, we come back from commercial, Scott. We are now outside the rink. Davis is there, as we, we mentioned in this scene. Uh, this is where it's a beautiful day outside, very clear, lush grass and the trees and everything. And Karen tells Davis that she has lost the cup, but actually not that she's lost it, Scott, that she is unable to ascertain the whereabouts at this juncture. At this juncture, yes. Yes. Very nice, uh, very nice uh, turn of phrase. Very, very good turn of phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she. So, so what's her plan now? Doesn't have one at this point. Doesn't have one. Doesn't seem to have one. It's just seems seems like she's gonna go back and look for it. Yeah, that seems to be the only plan that she has. So she's stuck. Uh, we go back inside. Brent says that he's going to skip. Lacey makes a joke about not showing up. <laughs> uh, you know, Scott, this actually reminded me one time way back when, almost a decade ago now, uh, I used to play on a team where you'd skip till you lose. And mm -hmm. I was talking to somebody one week about something and we were talking and I just said, you know, talking about the team. And then I said, oh, and the, but I skipped last week. And she's like, why? Like, you didn't want to go? And uh, uh, so it was an actual real world example of a terrible joke. Wow. Yeah. It was weird. Hmm. So yeah. somebody actually thought that. 
Yeah, where's Ashley? Thought that. <laughs> okay, makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, so they make these. This is this. This is this great scene uh, of this back and forth between the the team. This little banter, where she's like, "Oh, what you guys don't like jokes?" And they're like, "I love jokes." Oh, did somebody make a joke? <laughs> it's this great sort of who's on first, quick little banter between the other three players. Yeah. Yeah, that's very uh, corner gas. Yeah, those sort of quick back and forths. Um, then we go back. Karen and Davis are now in the arena, and Karen is is upset. She says everybody loved Archie Clavette. What are we gonna do? And then Davis says nobody liked him. He was a liar, <laughs> racist, thief, and bigamist. <laughs> but he was really good at curling. And you gotta respect that. <laughs> <laughs> it's this great sort of commentary on life in this town and a little bit about uh sort of the, of history right and yeah public history which you know a lot about about naming things after terrible people yeah and why don't you just name it after somebody else yeah yeah i, I just I, and I love the way too where she's like i thought i thought you said everybody respected him and he says respected and Davis says respected is curling. Like he was a great curler and you got to respect that. <laughs> got to respect that. Yeah. So it's sort of this great sort of reveal that the Clovet cup, people like the cup, but the guy that's like the hell with the guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Really good. Uh, then we go out on the rink. Lacey has thrown a rock and starts screaming, have a heart. Have a heart. <laughs> have a heart. <laughs> and the two sweepers, instead of sweeping, stop. Yeah. Turn around, <laughs> look at her, and say, I think you mean hurry hard. Yeah. Has anyone and... ever said anything to you while you're sweeping that has made you stop sweeping? Other than whoa or stop sweeping? Yeah, but like, no. like, like, and like, just completely stopped where you are. You can't follow the rock anymore. I, I may have started laughing so hard that I had to stop sweeping once. Yeah, that, that's the same with me. I used to, in Regina, actually, there was a guy who would, like, bellow, you know, from his gut, <laughs> like, when he was, like, the hurry hard stuff. He didn't play with yeah. me, but one time in, there was, like, this fun spiel. It was mix up the teams. And not only would he do it, but he would follow the rock. So <laughs> he'd be right on top of you with this deep guttural, like, and... I was used to it from across the rink, but having it right on top of me, I couldn't take it. Like I, halfway down the ice, I was laughing too hard. I had to stop. You are uh, very famous for not liking when people follow the rock. Yeah. Get, get, stop it. It doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Like get out of here. Yeah. Give me my space. Yeah. Like, yeah. So a, like a, I'm not supposed to listen to you anyway. And two, exactly. you're being over top of me. It feels like some sort of weird power play. Like, no. Like, get out. If you if you follow it, I'm actually more inclined to sweep less hard. Less. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really don't like it when the, the follow person will then, like, hop around and, like, join the, the third or the skip as, like, a double line call. Like, no. Throw. Stay in the hack be done with it yeah that's fair yeah so i i'm not a big fan of that at all didn't you though scott you got to sweep a rock for russ howard once 
I did, yeah. Didn't yeah, you say that that he, was kind of an experience when he was screaming at you? It was it was crazy. Yeah, it was <laughs> sort of like amazing and terrifying at the same time. Right. You know, when when uh, you hear like the the legendary voice yelling at you to sweep it, and uh, we put it on the on the lid, so it felt even good doing that. You know, nice. So you had a perfect judge. Yeah, yeah. Me, that was uh, in Vancouver. He came out to film something for CBC and uh, toured our club, and myself and one of the other ice makers were there. And got to got to sweep his rock, so nice. Yeah, pretty fun. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty um, good. So, so this rock, like, we'd have no idea what happened to it, right? Presumably, you don't see it after they stop sweeping. So, presumably, it was a hog. Yeah, because they, you know, they they probably had to hurry hard, but they. Yeah, but they, were they weren't having a heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so then we switch games, and Oscar is trying to compliment Emma by saying that her jacket brings out the green in her eyes, and she says, after 35 years of marriage, he doesn't know that my eyes are blue, and whips the rock down the ice. Yeah, so, you know, her her soft touch seems to have disappeared. Yes, and Oscar's compliment plan not really going the way he wants it. Not really. No. Uh, so then we hop back over. Brent's team has lost Scott, and Hank says that that's because Lacey bounced every rock she threw off the side because she thought it was like shuffleboard. <laughs> Des- yeah. Despite I- the fact that we just saw her throw one down the middle of the sheet. And I didn't see dividers between the sheets no. <laughs> so um maybe hank's been taking some of myrtle's pills and <laughs> seeing things a little little uh, off kilter yes so with that brent's team has lost and presumably scott this is a single elimination event well i yeah i was trying to decide how this was going but yes they've lost and Lacey is confused as to why brent is shaking the hands of the other team yes and hank says because because we lost because you're terrible yeah what, so what's, what's weird about that too is that hank and and wanda are standing there as brent shaking hands they're making no movement to go shake the hands yeah I, they're probably too crushed from their <laughs> uh, their stunning defeat in the bond spiel for the clavette cup that uh you know, it's going to take him a minute to get over it. It will, yeah. So uh, so with that, we see Davis on the phone with Karen, and Karen is back at the police station and looking in the file cabinet and finds a bunch of extra Clavette cups. Yeah, and uh, my favorite joke is that uh, Davis, he says, oh, yeah, I've lost one or two, uh, you know, down through the years, so... I got some backups. Uh, you know, they're two for 10 bucks. Yeah, city. it's so good. I love that. I wrote that down too. That line is so great where it's just like, yeah, you know, you can get two for $10 in the city. It's so brilliant. Uh, <laughs> that callback to the earlier reference to how cheap the, the trophy looks. Mm-hmm. Very, um, very good. Just great. So, uh, so we hop back to the <laughs> arena. It's time for the championship game. We find out that the Oscar Emma Davis team has won. 
Brent is there to offer his best wishes to his parents. He has an idea that Emma, because she has this great power game, she can throw last. But the team, Scott, is very skeptical that this would be permitted by the rules. Yeah. Uh, really? Can we do this? I don't think it's allowed. But it is allowed, and uh, we have a, a cut to great uh, cut. Furby and Nettoin. Yeah, it's a great cut. Furby and Nettoin in the arena. So they shot, they were in Regina for something, obviously. And they're mm-hmm. in the same space. And I think Randy Furby's line is a little better than Dave Nettowin's line. So what do they say, Sean? So the question is asked in the scene, can we do that? Cut to Furby and Nettowin. Furby says, or, or excuse me, Brent says, just ask Randy Furby. And Furby goes, yeah, we do that. <laughs> and then Nettowin says, and we won three briars. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's a nice cameo. Uh, if you're not expecting it, it's it's great. And it's one of these things that the show does uh, frequently. Uh, the best ones, I think, are with Jan Arden. But this is, I think, a second. Yeah, Jan Arden's always good. Uh, I like the one where they cut to the then premier of Saskatchewan. Uh, and he's pointing to the province and saying, like, that's a that's a rectangle it's a perfect shape <laughs> it's just yeah some of the people who they got to do is is great my favorite one with jan arden is where they're talking about running and and wanda i think says oh, i can't listen to jan arden when i run and they cut away and it's jan arden running with lacy just talking <laughs> it's just it's brilliant um, so a great furby netto and cameo then we now, uh, now, Sean, before yeah. before we move on, yeah. what do you think of the strategy of having Emma, who's famous for her power, throw last rock? doesn't seem to make any sense. No, you would think that you'd want to move her down to the second position, which is where she clearly played before. It's, it is a strange strategy move to have the, the person who can only throw hard throw last. And uh, you're taking advice from this guy who who went out to join to make his own team yeah uh was obviously bad lost in the bond spiel was a, a big part of the team that was 287 and one coming yeah. into this event <laughs> and their team presumably has won a few games to get into the championship so i would say hey uh loser brent get out of here with your ideas yeah that's a very good point like it, right? it, yeah it, yeah I it think- doesn't make any sense I'd say Brent's the problem. Yeah. They're winning without him. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway. it's, it, no, it's a very good point. Yeah. Brent uh, Brent doesn't come off great here. No. No. So uh, we have a quick little montage of the game. Uh, what's great about this montage, Scott, is the continuity of the montage. We see a shot by the other team. The person throws an intern out of her hand, and it's an intern all the way down the ice. Oh, yeah. Really made me happy. Same thing. Learned something. Yeah. We see Davis throw. Same thing. He throws an intern and it's an intern all the way down the ice. It's a a beautiful thing to see. A little curling continuity. Uh, You'll love it when you see it. Yeah. And now 
Uh, we go right to the end of the game, and Scott, this is my favorite scene in the entire episode. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole series. What happens now? Okay. And it's brilliant. I've Walk written it out. It. I've, I've written it out. Do you have any of the lines written down of this? I do not. Okay. So uh, they're all in the, the stands watching the game. Hank says, Emma just has to make this shot, and they win the game. Wanda, I know that. I've been sitting here watching the whole game with you. Lacey, yes, but this information is helpful to me and anyone else who hasn't been able to observe the entire match, <laughs> which I just love. Uh, and then Hank, yeah. So to summarize, if Emma makes this shot, they will win the Clavet Cup, which will be the dramatic conclusion to these events. <laughs> and then Wanda kind of upset yells did everyone get that to the whole, <laughs> to the whole crowd but it's so funny to go right from the montage into this and it happens in every sports movie right where someone's like yes. oh if this happens they win and i just love the commentary of the person <laughs> next to that person saying i know that i've been watching but and mm -hmm. Lacey's line of but this information is helpful to me and anyone me. else anyone else who hasn't been able to observe the entire match it's so good it's just that I wish I was smart enough to write that line because it makes <laughs> it makes me so happy every time I hear it it's very very good very breaking the fourth wall Yes, it's just so good. And Hank's line too, which will be the dramatic conclusion to these events. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's just brilliant. Uh, so we go. It's now time for the last shot. Emma's throwing it because they've taken Brent's advice. And Oscar is trying to give her a compliment. Davis says, no, like she's got to throw a hit. So he says that a broom is stupid and that he broke her new blender by trying to make homemade cement which is weird <laughs> it um, seemed funny how fast he had things that he knew would make her angry right yeah right well, like I, he didn't have to think he had them uh, right away right well the broom one makes sense it's a callback to the first scene of the episode yeah. where he didn't like the broom then so that that's helpful yeah the homemade cement is really strange <laughs> um and she makes a run back right to the top of the button yeah yeah, and she had to she had to stick the run. Yeah, so which is weird because earlier in the scene, Oscar says, "All right, all you have to do is clear the house." That's right. But no, no, <laughs> no, that's, no, no. That's not what had to happen. She had to stick a run. Yeah, so they were they were up by one and scored one. Uh, Sean, did you notice that this was a ten end game? Oh no, I didn't notice that. Was it really? Yeah, on the scoreboard, it had numbers all the way up to nine. Wow. And then, so they were up one after nine, playing a 10th end. Wow, with the hammer. In a one-day Bonsfield. <laughs> well, you know, those uh, Saskatchewan folks, if you're going to be playing, you know, this is obviously the springboard to the Olympics. So you got to yeah. be playing those 10-end games. Yeah, so uh, pretty big, uh, pretty big-time game, big-time shot. Yeah. Great job by Emma. So does this validate, though, Brent and his strategy? Well, I would argue, I would still argue no, in that Brent still is to maybe 88 and one now in his curling career. If right. we're talking single elimination, like 
I think Brent was the problem on the team. But his idea put them in position to win. Uh, yes, it did. But his earlier idea was that he be the skip. Right. But that was Lacey's fault so... that he didn't win when he was the skip. <laughs> yeah, always blame the lead for... <laughs> Playing eight, year. they're playing eight on six apparently. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> uh, so that is the end of the act. We come back for the quick little outro to the show, and we see the mayor Fitzy. He's there to award the trophy. What's weird though, Scotty says, "All right, it's time to award the Clavet Cup." And there's this little like like podium type thing for it, a pedestal almost where it would be. And he looks at it, he's like, "Oh, where is it?" They set up the entire prize table, have the team that won there, the mayor's there ready to present it, and only now they're realizing that the cup's not there? What? Oh, wait, we don't have the cup. Like, what? That oh, That is so the fun. most confusing thing in this episode to me. Yeah, uh, convenience for TV. <laughs> so uh, Karen runs in with the cup, puts it down, Fitzy awards it. And Oscar, immediately, the discerning fellow that is Oscar, immediately realizes that it is not the real Clavet Cup. Yeah, he, he can tell the difference. Yeah, so Davis uh, Davis screams, get her, to get, to, to <laughs> to get Karen. Um, Lacey's like, oh, I, I recognize that. And full circle in the episode, she's the one who found it at the diner, and now the original Clavet Cup is being used for bacon grease. And Davis responds by saying, get her. Get her. <laughs> yeah. I like um, how the cop is in, uh, inciting violence. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and Lacey says, oh, come on, have a heart. And there you go. Freeze frame and credits. Yeah. And there's your episode, Hurry Hard, episode 211. Yes, really good episode. Uh I think if we let's compare it to our curling movie breakdown that we had yeah. on Men with Brooms. Okay. Uh, there might be the same. There might be the same number of scenes. <laughs> there might be the same number of scenes. It's true. Uh, the curling continuity. Better. Better. Yeah, I think with this one, yeah, we're not quite sure of the timeline. Is it a single elimination event? Is it all taking place on one day like that? We're not quite sure about, but the same is true of the golden broom. We have no idea what the format of that event is either, or how long it takes to play it. Uh, is it round Robin? It's obviously not single elimination. We have no idea the format yeah. of either of these two bond spiels. The, the tie break for me is that the turns are consistent. Now we don't see as many shots here, but the turns are consistent even when Emma's sweeping with her corn broom, that is pretty realistic. Uh, mm -hmm. The the person who they got to, to throw the rock for the opponent had pretty good form. Uh, yep, I'd so agree. Overall, I think in terms of the continuity, this is much better. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to agree with you. Did we see any of the core eight throwing a rock? I believe either Brent or Hank had one slide. We see, with a rock that I was seeing. We see Davis in the montage. Okay, maybe it's Davis. Yeah, he's a little wobbly. We see Oscar kick out, but we don't see him deliver. Okay. And then, of course, we see Emma throw multiple times. 
Right, right, right. I mean, I meant somebody who actually slid out. <laughs> no, I think Davis is the only one we get a full delivery for. Okay, okay. Now this is probably because none of these the actors play. don't play. Yeah, and you can kind of right. sense that too, right? When Hank is sliding, uh, and Wanda's walking down the ice as they're they're sweeping, you can tell that neither of them are regular curlers at the very least. No, no. But uh, a, a fitting tribute, I think, to the game in the prairies. I want to hear from any Saskatchewan people out there, uh, if anybody knows what rink that is. Yeah, I'd be curious to know, too. The, the interior, I'd like to know that. And I'd like to know if they feel happy about the way Saskatchewan was represented, uh, not only in this episode of Corner Gas, but all of Corner Gas. As definitely people love it out there, at least when I was out mm. there which was just after the show ended or no, sorry, middle of the show. Uh, yeah. People were yeah, Two, all in 2011. It ended, I think. Uh, or nine, nine. Oh, four to nine. Yeah. 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 A great show. Uh, lots of fun. How would you, how would you now? Obviously we, we're not going to sort of rank it within all the episodes, but if you did like assign it a grade for enjoyment level, for enjoyment level, I think I'd give this one like a, a B plus or an A minus. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of the better episodes. It's certainly above average, but the average on this series is pretty high. So I think it's yeah, it's pretty high. What I like the most about it is there's so many jokes, and yeah. like you described with the number of scenes, right? A lot of cutaways uh, coming back. I've I've watched the animated. And I find it also really funny. And and one of the things Brent talked about was that they, with the animated, they were able to do some of the crazy cutaways that you can't do in live action. Yeah. You know, like they could cut away to a kid getting, having like a rocket attached to them, rocketing up a tree or something. Right. Uh, so overall, the experience is a little weird because you're hearing the familiar voices, but the image isn't the same. Yeah, but that said, the, the, the I, I essence like is the same. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's pretty good. And uh, the movie, Sean, I, I went to the theater to see the movie. Did you see this in theaters? I did see it in theater, yeah. Yeah, and so one of the big things that they did at the theater was they had uh, your friend, Del yeah. Barber, yeah. on uh, playing the national anthem before before the show. Yeah. So on the theater screen, like, everybody stood up and sang Oh Canada. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. The only thing that was strange, I didn't know. I, I mean, I, yes, I know Del Barber. I've met him a few times. I friend might be a little much. But uh, what I was surprised that Del Barber's a Manitoba guy. Yeah. And they got him instead of a Saskatchewan guy. I mean, they're both prairie provinces but that was the only thing that was surprised but it was super exciting when it was like oh del barber is like del barber i know him i know that guy yeah yeah it was very exciting yeah i've seen del barber a couple times too i i would uh, recommend it to anybody out there yeah he's uh, a very good uh, very good artist and uh, yeah so the movie was enjoyable i i like the animated series too uh, but certainly if you've never seen the show and you're still listening to us one thank you uh, two, uh, I would highly recommend this episode. This is a fun episode. If you like curling, even if you don't know the show, 
this is a fun one to watch for the curling part of it because there's no other stories. It, this is a yeah. 100% curling centric episode. Yeah, for sure. For sure. This is a good one. And uh, I, I mentioned before it's available on Crave TV in Canada and it's available on Amazon uh, in the States, I think. Amazon Prime. Yeah. So, yeah, you can certainly look it up and maybe even some third party stuff. CTV Comedy Channel, if you have access through your cable, yes. you can watch the episodes on demand through that as well. Is that how you watch them, Sean? I did not watch it that way, no. I have the DVDs. You got yes. them for me, Scott. Yes, I also have the DVDs. Very good set. Yes. So uh, I think that'll do it for this episode. A wonderful discussion of Corner Gas Season 2, Episode 11. Hurry hard. If you know of any other curling-centric television programs... And you want to hear more like this, I would love to break them down. I, this is one of my favorite things to do, is to yeah, watch I mean, shows and break them down. We we broke down a 22-minute episode into about an hour, so... Uh, well, there's a lot going on. You know, a lot going on. Really got really to gotta get into the minutia of it. So, uh, yeah, if there's any other things that we might not know about that are curling specific, please do let us know. One tiny bit of curling news that did come out this week. Shorty Jenkins is canceled, Scott. Yes, the the event, not the person. Right, yes. Shorty Jenkins. <laughs> uh the late great Shorty Jenkins uh has not been canceled. But uh, the event, yeah, it's not going to take place. So we'll keep an eye on any other announcements and news coming out as it seems like some events are starting to consider what's going to happen in the fall. We're also getting some more information about what clubs are going to do across the country. I have some strong thoughts about some proposals that have been put forth, uh, but we'll leave that for another day. But uh, at some point, we will start to address some of the news that is coming out. But uh, that day was not today because uh, we wanted to watch this episode, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that I uh, I appreciate you letting us do this uh, this week, Sean. Uh, this was this was the one that I had time to prepare for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All you do is watch the show. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so that'll do it for us this week. Thanks everybody for joining us. As I said, if you have any ideas for the show, you can please get in touch. Game of Stones podcast at gmail. Dot com And if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your podcast. Do the likes, the ratings, the comments, all that stuff helps keep the show going, helps other people find the show. And you can follow along with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. And check us out Mondays at 5 Eastern. We're doing Instagram lives with the guys from Rocks Across the Pond and had a lot of fun on Monday doing that with them. We did a show and tell thing of, of sports memorabilia that we have so i think we're going to keep that going with them so check us out on instagram on monday afternoons so we'll be back with yes. you yes good <laughs> good contribution scott i, th I think uh, i think you're on a delay <laughs> okay um so we'll be back with you again next week but until then stay safe everybody keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern Make the final...